There she is. Well, we've got a quarter. All right, Jackie, whenever you're ready, you may call the meeting to order. Thank you. All right. Uh, thanks, Roger. Uh, this is Jackie Becker, Chair of Parks and Rec, and uh, we're beginning our October 2022 meeting. All right, and I will go ahead and take care of a few housekeeping orders real quick. Jackie, this is Roger Steinbrock, Marketing and Communications Special Events Coordinator. I can't remember what my title is, but anyway, Parks and Recreation. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the City YouTube channel. Um, please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you're not speaking. The chat function for public is disabled. All chats will go come directly to me unless you're participating during the meeting. Please turn your video off so all, all the folks that are on the board, please turn on your video. This allows the active member of participants to be seen on screen. You'll still be able to hear the meeting. When you are participating, please turn on your video if you're in public and you're wanting to speak to an item. If you have trouble, you can always send me a chat and we'll get you taken care of. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off minimize distractions during the meeting. Please remember to state your name each time you speak for the benefit of those participating remotely. And now I'll turn it back over to Chair Jackie Meadows. Thanks. Uh, first off, I'd like to say, Val, it's really nice to see you back with us. So uh, welcome back to the board. I hope you're staying healthy and doing well. Um, our first uh, item today is to approve the minutes which hopefully everyone can take a look at and looking for someone to make that happen. This is John Albandian, board member. I move that we approve the minutes. Amber Nickel, board member. I make a second that motion. All right, we have a, a motion from Vice Chair Albandian and a second from Amber Nickel. Um, looking for everyone to vote yay. Raise your hand if you say yay or nay if you don't. All right, I see all yays. Thank you. All right, next thing up is public comment. Do we have anyone today that has signed up? We have it. JT, I believe, is probably just listening. I'm listening? Okay. I he has a note. JT, if you're interested in speaking, please do so now, I guess. If not, just remain on you. Okay. All right, so no public comment this month. That will move us into our agenda items. And our first one up is the Prairie Park Nature Center Community Conversation Update. Hi, Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Um, I'll give kind of a quick update and what I miss. Um, Lindsay can back clean up. Um, we had the event Sunday from one to three at the Prairie Park Nature Center, and there's been construction going on. If you haven't been out there, we were able to get uh, MSO crews to open up the road a little more. Can everybody hear me okay? I want to make sure the mics okay. Um, so that helped. We had approximately 20 people there for uh, pretty much the whole time. Um, we had a plan on how we would break out to take feedback. Our goal was uh, to engage our invested community members in conversation about how to make Prairie Park financially sustainable in the long term. Um, it really wasn't about the numbers, it was about listening to our communities so we can better understand what they value about, value about the Nature Center and think innovatively about opportunities to sustain the Nature Center in the long run. It wasn't about trying to solve uh, solve problem solving there. It was about gathering ideas and feedback from the community. Um, initially, we thought we'd break into small groups uh, with staff. 
Uh, Staff-wise, we had uh, Lindsay, Roger, Hannah Ballard, who is our uh, city community engagement manager, uh, Stephen, Abby, um, Marty Burrell, Dara, Annette. Um, we almost had as much staff, about half the staff is what the public was there. Uh, and a lot of questions we received. And you know, some of the questions were, is the um, park area part of the nature center in the budget? And that answer is no. The budget is focused on the facility itself, the building where the majority of the costs are staff and animals. Um, a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback, a lot of great questions. Um, we had people from the neighborhood. We had a veterinarian there who uses it frequently. There's people that, um, I don't know if she's with the school, Prairie Park School, or just pretty much with the Neighborhood Association. Um, Captured a lot of good feedback, and now, and we also had surveys. So now it's collecting the data, reviewing the data, sitting down with uh, staff, and doing our due diligence on the recommendations. Um, there used to be a friends group out of Prairie Park Nature Center, and I think that's a, uh, it sounded like there was interest from the people attending to get that started again. So I think that's another great opportunity to sit down with the friends group after we review uh, their input um, on how we go forward from there for the 2023 budget. Uh, Lindsay, I'll pass off to you and uh, let you clean up what I missed. Sure. Lindsay Hart, Assistant Director. Uh, Derek, you covered most of it, but in general, we were very happy with the turnout. We had really great conversation. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention about the survey is uh, it should be online, Roger, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so I think we're going to leave that up for a little bit. You know, we're aware that many people couldn't make it on Sunday and it's, you know, it's difficult to find the perfect day or time where you can capture everybody. So we want to give other members of the community a chance to provide feedback on the survey. Survey. And so we do have that posted online and we will keep that up for a while so we can make sure and get as, uh, you know, as much input as possible. And so then we'll be following up and uh, kind of regrouping as a team and um, taking a look at all the feedback um, take it from there. That was it. Lindsay, when you say online, is that the Parks and Rec website or the City of Lawrence website or Prairie Park or where can it be found? Roger, I'm going to defer to you to let them know where, where it's at. Sure, it is on the Parks and Recreation website. Uh, we have a box, those boxes at the top. Uh, the second box, it says, take the Prairie Park survey. That's what you click on, takes you to the survey. We will have a release going out on that. We had to kind of get some things set up internally before it went out. So that will probably be going out tomorrow morning uh, with our news releases to kind of let the public know that it's there. Plus we'll do a social media push as well as let their input come in that way as well. So we will be doing kind of a campaign to this to gather the information so then we can go back and look at it and, and uh, plan accordingly. This is Pat Phillips, board member. Uh, there are also going to be surveys at the Prairie Park Nature Center, uh, hard copies that people could fill out when they come visit. Yeah, Lindsay Hart, Assistant Director, we had hard copies there, and I believe we left a stack, and I know Marty had made some copies, so we will make sure that they have those out and available for any visitors that come in the next few weeks. Yeah, that's a great idea. Thanks. And we will probably more than likely, Lindsay, have them in all of our facilities to just have on hand for folks that may not be able to make it out there. Right. Definitely. Okay. Excellent. Any other questions? Any other comments? We definitely appreciate all the community engagement with this and the ways that Parks and Rec is making sure we're able to talk to as many people as we can to find hopefully good solutions to keep the nature center going. Thanks. All right. Well, if no other questions, comments, it looks like number two or is the budget update. I know Mark is not here this week, so I'm not sure who's taken that over. So 
and Derek Roger, Director of Parks and Recreation. I'll let uh, uh, Lindsay, as she's ready to lead, if not, I can start it off. Sure, Lindsay Hart, Assistant Director. Uh, so uh, we've been working together as a staff to analyze our uh, our goal for uh, increased revenue for 2023. And so just kind of wanted to give an update on where we're at with those steps. Um, we are doing market research in all of our program areas for all of our fees, programs, facilities, shelters, things like that. Um, and so we met last week with our communications team and uh, we're working to put a plan together for some um, community engagement. Uh, and so there's there's multiple aspects that we want to um, get out of the process. Obviously, want it, we want it to be educational and informative as well as uh, provide a chance for input. So similar to what we did with the Prairie Park Nature Center on Sunday, uh, we definitely want to make sure that we give the community a chance to give us some input as we analyze what our goal is and how we can achieve uh, you know, some of these um, budget goals that we have for 23. And so there's there's more to come. We're just getting the process started. Um, and so we'll be meeting over the next few weeks with our communications team uh, to get some uh, information put together. And Derek, Director of Park Recreation, that um, is a pretty good sum summation. We don't have anything finalized, but it is in the works, and we're working with uh, City Hall and the Communications Department as we move forward on the fee increases. And, uh, and we're also reviewing, obviously, cuts and other things, too, on how do we balance the budget, but we don't have anything really firm at this point to provide. Any questions or comments from the board on this right now? All right, I'll just keep us updated on everything. Oh, I know there's a lot of moving parts with that right now. All right, so next agenda item would be number three, the Lawrence Gateways Element of Art. Uh, I believe that is Derek, yes? Yep, uh, Derek, Director of Park Recreation. This is really interesting. The city and the engineers and MSO have been working with uh, KDOT uh, for many months, and they've been looking and working with some community partners. I know the chamber's been involved on um, gateways to Lawrence. So the three gateways that uh, I know are being considered are, are Sixth Street and the SLT. Iowa and the SLT, and 27th and the SLT. Um, there's opportunity for KDOT matching funds potentially to do aesthetics. It could be the city logo, it could be the city brand, it could be potentially art that is part of the structure, or it could be um, rotatable art and um, platforms, kind of like we can do downtown. So on August 20, at Sports Million Lawrence, fifteen hundred to seventeen hundred, or three the three the five. We have a October, not August. Uh, October, yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm going back in time. <laughs> um, October twentieth, we have a uh, unmistakable identity team of community partners that we normally meet with that are um, coming to discuss with KDOT to hear the presentation on the bridges and. Uh, uh, bounce ideas and see what that community, uh, which includes arts and um, outside agencies from the city, what they would like to see aesthetically on our bridges. Some of that also goes to landscaping um, and the maintenance of that over the long term. Um, see the missing thing. So it's an opportunity to provide feedback to KDOT, and it's an opportunity also to get excited about something that has kind of been bland when you come to Lawrence. We have some good good to great gateways. I like the one at 23rd and Naismith, going into KU. We have the one in North Lawrence as you come in. Um, the one at the roundabout going into Lawrence off the uh, middle entrance exit. Um, 
But here's an opportunity to do some of the things other cities do and to make it uniquely Lawrence. And that's what's um, the neat part of uh, having this discussion. Um, if you have an interest in attending, uh, shoot me an email and let me know. Um, we're also going to share that out with the Lawrence Cultural and Arts Commission uh, folks that they have an interest. Um, they're welcome to come, but we have to be careful that to talk through this so we don't end up in a public meeting because it's really a an outcome team meeting. Um, but there'll be there'll be more to follow. I think this is one of the initial feedbacks. So uh, with that, I'll pass off for any questions. I have a question, John. Now, the Indian board member there. Um, is, is there any uh, opportunity to talk about interests from the turnpike? Derek Rogers, Parks Recreation. I know we've been talking with KDOT, and I haven't talked about the KTA. That's probably a question to bring up on the 20th and ask them. I can't be there, but. Yeah, that, oh, I'll write that down as a question. Because I really think, you know, I mean, so many people travel at Turnpike. And when you get off on, what is it, 59 or whatever, that's yucky. Yeah, it, it could definitely be better. And we had the discussion with the maintenance, the landscaping, um, and what should that artwork look like. Um, we're learning in this department yeah. of what is art. And you know, I was talking to Porter, his life cycle for an art piece of art is 15 to 20 years. And that's why I brought up the MSO. If you put something really big over a bridge, and say it's a 70 year bridge, do you want to be up there replacing that huge structure? Um, so maybe if it goes that route, it goes for a longer lifespan. And, and this is the bridges we're talking about? Correct. Um, oh, like nationally, some of the bridges you go across, all kinds of stuff. Right, and you go under, and so you could have different things aesthetically on yeah. down low, or there could be a pedestrian bridge. There's opportunity for that going over the top. So by youth sports complex, it may be a pedestrian bridge going over the top. So then do you have art on a pedestal maybe in that location? Yeah. Well, I was thinking, did John know anything? And I'm thinking about a turnpike, because I was thinking, you know, that the sculpture that we have out at the uh, police station, can you imagine if that was visible to everybody coming into the city? That would say something. Yes, definitely. Every time I go by that, I go, wow. <laughs> uh, this is Val Renault. I have a question. I, I might have missed it. I'm the sound quality from that room isn't real great for me tonight, but how many entrances to the city are, are we talking about? I'm pretty sure we're talking about three. So 6th Street and the SLT crossing over by Sports Pavilion, or I'm sorry, the Sports Complex, which would be the 27th Street and the uh, SLT in Iowa, the underpass, if you're going 59 South out of Lawrence, you go under the SLT. So I think those are the three for sure. Um, and the reason those are, are key because I think there's, there's a potential for KDOT matching funds. And so that's why the, the focus is here. You know, the other thing that we think about gateways, you know, could there be collaborations or partnerships with KU, KU Endowment um, between 23rd Street and the SLT heading east towards Eudora? would be another great hillside maybe to get something up there someday um, as a gateway to Lawrence from the east. Um, so we we have a lot of gateways, um, maybe not a lot of money. So. Thank you. Uh, Jackie Becker, Chair. Yeah, I've always found it interesting that when you enter Lawrence from K-10, it's like nothing. There's just like, here's our city, but there's never any welcoming. So I've, I've always wondered about that. So I, I'd be curious if that can get included if there is money at that 23rd and STL. Uh, 
Jackie, about the sign broad communications and events. Um, you might request the board to see if anyone is interested in attending. That way we make known that we don't have a forum. So that we, if we do, that's okay. We just need to notify folks. So don't want to discourage anybody from attending if they want to attend. Well. Jackie Becker, sounds good. Uh, hopefully there is someone maybe on our board that would be able to make it on the 20th. I am also out of town, so I know I will not be able to, but if uh, some other folks are interested, definitely uh, speak up. And uh, Roger, since we are missing a few members, can we have something like that sent in an email in case someone who is not here this week could make it? Correct. I'll send it to everyone. And so they can maybe think about it a little bit too and look at that day and make sure it's on the calendar. Once I get more details, time and place and everything, just make sure everybody has an opportunity. Uh, Derek, how quickly do you see this happening then too, in terms of it all? Uh, Derek Rogers, Director of Park Recreation. I don't recall a timeline on this. Um, I just have to get back with you. Mark Hecker's been more involved than I have, and he's out on vacation uh, this week. Um, I do think there is something about the get, getting the community excited about this and raising awareness. I'm not sure if anybody even knew that MSO and KDOT have been talking for a while mm -hmm. on this project. Um, I think of projects like 19th and Iowa, where we did the neat tunnel underneath. And so for a fraction of what that cost, the city got a lot of bang for their buck. Um, and we may be able to leverage matching funds at a higher level. Um, we put in one or 200,000, maybe we get some major leverage on art or aesthetics on our bridges. Excellent. I, I love that idea. So <laughs> as someone who was on the bike board a long time ago and we actually built that tunnel, yeah, it's always nice if you can get something for a little less. So any other comments or thoughts from the board regarding the uh, Lawrence Gateways? All right. Not seeing any others. We can then move on to our next agenda item which is the IDEA committee, committee survey. And uh, I can talk about this or if Pat or Amber, who are also on the IDEA committee wanna talk about what we're trying to do here or I can lead the way, just let me know. Um, go ahead, Jackie. I think tonight was more to, to find out what was easiest as far as people getting um, that information again, because um, it was something I know I valued greatly and it really opened my eyes to the inequity that happens in our community and how it impacts them in many ways and specifically the health piece. Yeah. And so what this is about um, is uh, we had met a number of weeks ago with Gail and came up uh, with, again, some bullet points and suggestions for how to work on some more equity and inclusion and diversity and accessibility in our community. And Gail uh, last month had come up with some questions to help us kind of as a board decide what we might like to do in order to have the health department uh, come back and update us on uh, the inequities in, in in health and public health in our community. And so we wanted to check here. There are three options below on the agenda. Uh, number one is, do we include this presentation from the health department at a regularly scheduled monthly meeting? And if so, when? Number two would be, do we hold a special meeting for the presentation? And if so, when would we like to? And then number three would be, the ability to invite board members to join the recreation staff at a presentation. If so, it would be the 1 p.m. on the fourth Tuesday of the month. So those are the three options. And if anyone, I believe, I guess now has thoughts on what they, they feel would be better, we can, uh, you know, start kind of doing some hash marks or we can, I guess, can we do it from an email after now that we've announced it or 
what do you what do you recommend there for us, Roger? Uh, we could do it either way. I know we have two people not here, so we need to uh, at least I'll call them and let them know. I think an email is somewhat impersonal on some things. We might need to explain that a little bit better for them. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, I think it might be that we could do two options potentially um, if we hold a, a special board meeting and then also have some people meet with the staff too. I think there's some other things that could be gathered from that in the interaction with the recreation staff would be, I think, healthy for both parties involved. Um, so, you know, that decision is left up to you and the board, but we'll do whatever you request. This is John Nalbandian. Um, I agree with what you're saying there about uh, we don't have a lot of opportunities for the board and the staff to interact. And I would love to get uh, to hear board comments, you know, on the presentation. I mean, uh, staff comments on the presentation uh, since they're involved, you know. I have a second, a second comment too on that is that is it possible to request? I didn't, I don't remember the nuts and bolts of that presentation, but what I would really be interested in is if the health department has data on the proximity to green space, uh, how the proximity to green space affects uh, community health. I think there's data all over the country about that. So, but I think it would really be helpful to, you know, to have, to publicize the idea that Parks make a difference. <clears throat> Roger Steinbrock, board liaison. That's what I'll use from now on. That's even better. That's quick and easy. Uh, John, to your point, I know Gail was talking about some of the data that she had seen, and she was saying that she lives like where she actually lives takes off years on her life. So they've got a lot of different data based on where you live and where you reside as well. So I'm, I'm assuming they probably have some data that you're talking So about. let's, yeah, let's get that. And then maybe it gets yes. in the newspaper, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots of different data that they collect. So okay, let's get it. Let's make it available. Thanks, John. Um, right now with everyone who's, who's in our meeting, is there, what availability do most of us have if we tried to do that fourth Tuesday at one o'clock? Is that doable for anyone that is on our board right now? Is that a Amber Nickel board member? I would have to double check the date, but I think I agree with John that that would be ideal for us to have an opportunity to mix and mingle and hear everybody's opinions. And so I would be interested in that option. This is Pat Phillips, board member. I, I I like that option as well. You know, I I work Tuesdays, but if I have a heads up and enough time, then I can um, take a little chunk of time in the middle of the day and, and get away. But I like that option to be a part of um, with the staff and and as John said, to listen to their feedback because that's real important. This is Val Renault. I I agree. I would try to be there. All right, um, I'm John Nelbandy, and I'm assuming that Tuesday could work for you potentially. Depends, you know. Depends when when we do it. Yeah, I'm having surgery soon. I'm not going to be in very good shape. So. Well, we could probably get you there by Zoom too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like That's right. Yeah, we talked about. Yeah, we'd probably have to make it a Zoom meeting. Zoom probably wouldn't be a public meeting. Yeah. I'm on the health department board as well, so if that's okay. John Blazik, do you feel a 1 p.m. meeting could be workable, or would you prefer a special meeting on this if you're able to uh, attend? Just like everybody else, I'll just have to see what's come up on my calendar. All right. Obviously, I know the fourth Tuesday is probably getting near holidays for November and December. 
Uh, is this something we want to try to spearhead in January, or do we feel like we do want to try something like this for next month? I don't have a preference. All right. So I guess, uh, how about, um, Roger, maybe we do an email that is leaning on us for the fourth Tuesday and then see the availability for November, December, or January for the next three months and see what makes sense. And then we can get that scheduled. Well, I, what I'll do, Jackie, I may send a noodle poll to you yeah. all with those right. three options. So that way we, we can kind of narrow it down. Love it. Thanks. All right. Well, that gets us through the agenda items. So we're moving on to. <laughs> that moves. That moves through that, Jackie. I just wanted to make a note of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say? I said this is the fastest we've moved through a meeting that I don't know. No, do not. Oh, okay. I just do not. Sorry. <laughs> we did have a very long meeting last month, so it, it seemingly makes sense that maybe this month will be a little a little speedier. But there's still a lot to go over, so we are into the uh, E concerns board member items of interest section of the meeting. So I open that up to the board now. This is Val Renault, board member. Just a couple of things. Uh, one, I sent an email to a few people that um, I shared my that glo beautiful glossy magazine we get every month from National Parks and Rec um, with with a friend, Dot Neri, who actually came and spoke. I think last meeting, and uh, she said, "Well, we need an article about the loop in that magazine." And um, she offered to co-author it with uh, Roger because she served on the, I don't know which group she's, she's been on one of the, yeah, one of the contributor groups. So, um, so I think it would be a great article too, and, you know, give us some well-deserved uh, visibility. So Roger's going to check on to see if there's a theme coming up for that because the magazine works on themes. Um, <coughs> Another thing I just, I'm sorry I missed the the whole pickleball tennis court thing from Lions Park. Are they gonna get any tennis courts or is it just all gone to pickleball? Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. At the current time, um, at Lions Park, it's all pickleball. So I, if we were to do, Either we would need to modify some of the pickleball courts back to tennis or build a new tennis court, which is going to exceed well over 100,000. Um, which also brings up conversations is Lions Park a neighborhood park or is it more of a community park? Yeah. So I just wondered how that decision was made, but I mean, we don't need to go into it or if there was community involvement in that decision. Um, I know pickleball is a big growing sport, but um, the other thing I wondered about was the C-Click Fix feature that um, used to be online. I, I thought it was really handy, and I know it was discontinued. I don't know if that's going to come back. Uh, Derek Roger, Director of Parks and Recreation. Let me see if I've got any updates on that. I know they paused it. They were looking at some things that wanted to improve. I, let me see if there's any dates or time on that. I don't know, Roger, if you've heard anything at all. I haven't heard anything since they paused it. And I don't know if everyone knows what that is. It was just a feature on the website where if you saw a problem, like in one of the parks or or one of the, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, you could just send a picture in and say, you know, this, this uh, hole needs to be filled with dirt or something like that. And it usually got done, so. Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. I'll, I'll put that to get an update to provide at the next meeting. Uh, this is John Galvani, and I want to tell you a little story. I don't think I told anybody before. You could, does anybody know about the story about Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia, and the trees? No? Well, this reminds me when you're talking about access, uh, some of the call for the parks. 
what they did was they geocoded all the trees in public spaces because they were, um, you know, they were getting old and and so on. And they and they invited residents to uh, write to the city and to identify the tree and say what was uh, going on with it. Well, what happened is people started sending love letters to the trees. And then the, the staff had to decide, what are we going to do with this? This wasn't the intent. And so what they decided to do was to have the tree reply. <laughs> so, they, so I'm thinking, if we have access to a park, don't be surprised if someone starts communicating in a very friendly way. Derek, I also wanted to say something what uh, Val said about uh, the Lawrence Loop and uh, the Parks and Rec, uh, uh, you know, monthly magazine. If you, if we do that, it really seems to be a way to uh, connect to unmistakable identity. And bring them into our strategic plan or talk about the strategic plan. Any other comments or thoughts from board this month? Uh, this is Pat Phillips, board member. I just wanted to um, ask uh, Derek or anyone uh, if you'd give a little update how the um, temporary campsite is going in North Lawrence. Uh, Derek Rogers, director from uh, Parks and Recreation. Um, the Houseless Initiatives Division through their homeless programs is the ones organizing that. So we have Mitch Young, who is part parts direct and parts of that housing initiatives group. So he's been doing a lot of that. I know he's put a lot into it. Um, they've got the tents going. They did get a frost-free water line over there. Um, I believe they got the roll-off dumpsters and portajons over there. Other than being set up, I could probably talk a little more about the winter emergency shelter program, which will be more impactful for parks and recreation, which will be the uh, community building again this year. Um, other than that, do you have any specific questions that you're looking for? Um, and, and I might be asking, now that I understand that more, um, Derek, it, it sounds like it's more um, cleanup detail as far as the site and not management as far as the waiting list and if people are abandoning their things, how long do they wait, that kind of thing to replace another guest. So um, it sounds like I need to take my question elsewhere on that. Um, but segueing into the winter shelter, I really appreciate the change that um, it's not based on temperature and that it's just going to be open every evening. Um, I think that is real helpful to people to have a sense of um, security every night, knowing that they're going to be, you know, in a warm place. And Lindsay, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it should start on November 1st. Um, the December 1st. December, sorry, 1st. December 1st. December 1st. Okay. Um, go ahead. No, let's go ahead. No. I just um, the resolution to go before the city commission. Because that resolution's on the October 18th city yes. commission meeting, which amends the fire code. Right. Starting up, uh, starting the November 20th, 20th is because they, if it gets cold earlier than anticipated, they're going to open it up early depending on the weather. So we have to get approval to do so uh, from the fire. We have to change the fire code. So the city commission has to amend the or suspend or whatever they do for the resolution to basically do the fire code and there's one other code that they have to basically um, put on pause for a while. 
And if I recall, that's supposed to run through March 12th, March 1st, March 12th, sometime in there. Fifteen. Yeah. So, based on weather and and what their plan is, a, a lot of things that um, are subject to change based on weather and conditions. So, I think we we as we get closer. For example, you know we're closed New Year's Day in our rec centers, um, and if it's really cold out, then you know will the um, homeless programs division staff that to have a warm site for people for that whole day um, things like that i think there'll be changes as we get closer uh, jackie becker i know that last year there was you know need for volunteers and some things like that and potentially looking at having some more humans there that could maybe handle crises and and mental health things um how is staffing working then since it since it will be open every day as Derek said you know a lot of the stuff is being handled by the housing initiatives division and the homeless uh programs team and that may be something we might want to add to an agenda next month is maybe bring them in because they will be utilizing the facility and then they can talk uh, address Pat's questions on the on the campsite as well. Just a thought, um, but I, I know that Mitch has been working with us too on on helping. Uh, like I said, I was doing the agenda item, uh, but I know they've been going around to different uh, groups and requesting assistance. Uh, and this year, it's much it's much more organized than last year. If you remember, we kind of did it somewhat last minute to get it all put together. Uh, this year they have a staff, they're going out and trying to recruit recruit groups, church groups, other groups to, to staff and take one night a week um, to be, you know, basically foster that night basically and, and make sure that and make sure that it's all the folks are going to be taken care of. And that way it's not a burden on somebody night after night after night. They're getting groups on each one nights of the weeks. And so that if they have enough staff, you know, they can kind of have their own staff within their staff to rotate people through. So I know that Mitch and the team has been working very hard for that. Um, and I, I was expecting us to do some kind of, you know, individual thing, but they have not. And I'm assuming they'll probably do that themselves and, and then but we have a lot of the tools already in place that we utilized last year if they get to that point. But I think they're going out and doing outreach right now to recruit groups to do so. It's a division in what department? Planning development. Yeah. Yeah. Planning development services. Yeah. Thanks for that, uh, Roger. I would definitely like to have that for our next month's meeting for sure so we can all learn a little bit more and kind of know where it's going since they are the buildings that are used with parks and rec so thanks on that any other board comments thoughts on anything else for this month all right not seeing any more uh we can move on to um our let's see contacts for park patrons in the other number one Derek rogers uh director of park recreation the uh if i recall that tied to the homeless in our parks request mm -hmm. and so roger brought this up to me the other day because i'm writing um houseless and homeless and two different things it's the houseless initiatives division housing housing yeah, Housing Initiatives Division, but it's the Homeless Programs, one word, at lawrenceks.org, will get you to the homeless outreach team of city employees. They don't have a phone number. They monitor that email between three of them regularly. So if you had a concern about something you saw in a park or uh, downtown or around Lawrence, you could, but you didn't feel it was rose to the level of calling dispatch or 911, you could send them an email and they said they will respond, will respond quickly or they'll get it quickly. So do you want me to say it one more time? Homeless 
programs at lawrenceks.org. No capital letters or anything like that with homeless no. programs? It doesn't matter. Okay. You can have it either way on emails. Thank you for sharing that, Derek. Uh, number two, we move into operations with Lindsay Hart. Hopefully you're all able to read the uh, Recreation Division report attached to the agenda. And I don't actually have anything additional to add tonight, unless anybody has any questions. Val Renault, board member. I, I just wanted to comment. I, I've been thinking about the whole term special populations for a while because I worked in the disability field and that was special was a term that, you know, they were trying to inch out. So I, I, I commend you all on, uh, on the renaming of, is it the uni unified recreation or? Uh, I don't, Lindsay Hart, assistant director. I, we haven't necessarily renamed our programming and I'm going to look up real quick and see what, um, well, I I do see that. So unified is a is a group and a term that's been been pretty uh, universal, you might say. Um, and so yeah, I I wasn't sure exactly where we're putting that or or how that's going to work, but um, I. Jackie, I, I mean Lindsay, I can speak to that. Um, Roger Steinbrock, uh, marketing or actually board liaison. One of the things Val is that Annette has taken many um there, there was some calls for it several years ago and she's always pulled the folks in her programs both parents and the individuals in the programs and it's always come back as special populations i think that they had some folks asking again and um, so that's when they started looking at the name again and so unified recreation will be what we're going forward with after the first year so all the new programming that we have in the next in the winter activities listings that we put out will have that unified recreation as the name of the division. So we're you know there's going to be some branding with that that we have to do. But you know the other piece of this is that the city's going under a branding initiative as well. So it we may we may have to pause some things potentially, but it's just to me a slight name change, as you said. Um, it, it identifies the group much better than what it has. So, with the changing words and times, that's really what it's all about. Excellent. Thank you, Phillips board member. I, I had a question for Lindsay as well. Um, you wrote about the um, sports streaming. And um, that there's going to be like 19 cameras, as I recall in the article. And you mentioned that it will generate revenue. And it's, uh, I was just wondering how, how does that happen? I, I will get some more information on that. We, it's something that um, I know they've been looking at out at the sports pavilion for a few years. And it's a way to um, allow teams um, to stream the game so the parents can watch if they can't attend in person. Um, and so I know that's they've been working on, you know, terms of the agreement and things like that. And so I don't have uh, very specific details at this time, but I can report back to you on that. Um, but in general, it's it's a I think it's something you're starting to see um, a lot more often in facilities like ours and um, especially with all the the youth sports and leagues that um, you know like I said it gives parents the opportunity to view from different locations if they can't come in person sure I think it's a great idea I just was curious how the revenue you know pieces. yeah and yeah that hasn't been um completely um you know filtered through yet so but i can definitely report back when we have some more detailed information that we can share all right thank you lindsay john blasey committee member i can help you a little bit uh, i've watched this for five or six years in uh, facilities around the country and summer tournaments it's a very positive thing i'm glad they're looking at it because parents buy a membership and there's lots of different companies, but depends on how many teams. If you have a big volleyball tournament, parent can buy a membership and 
watch all the games and it's and it's not overly expensive it's affordable for parents but everywhere i go around the country now in the summer especially and in the fall for tournaments everybody has it it's a good move it's a good move yeah thank you we're we're real excited about it and especially for for some of these traveling teams and you know coming out of the pandemic where you know there may be limitations on you know attendance and crowds and things like that so it just gives people a lot of options uh, to be able to continue and watch their kids or family members play john Blasey committee the other thing it is it's a it's a cutting point when these guys go around and start looking at tournament sites our facilities as good as anybody but if we don't have access to the video and they may go to one in wichita that has one kansas city because they can make more revenue the tournament can but they'll split part of it with you know the rock chalk yeah it's a, it's a good advertising piece now you can use for a for a lot of things in there so that's that's a good progressive move All right. Any additional questions or comments for Lindsay regarding operations? All right, we're moving on to parks and maintenance, and I don't know if anyone is jumping in for Mark since he's obviously on vacation this week. Yeah, Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. I was checking in with staff earlier today, so I've got a few updates. Um, ESPN game day last Friday and Saturday, uh, very busy on the hill. Um, park staff, you might have noticed it if you drove by City Hall Friday night, um, they had the lights on the building were red and blue. So we're broadcasting Jayhawk colors on City Hall. Um, our park staff has been busy plugging and seating our parks and the parks that are irrigated. Uh, we've been so dry that um, it, we've been hesitant to throw down seed because we want to make sure it takes and the cost of things we're being a little careful. Um, Friday, last Friday, we closed. It was the last day that the uh, splash pad, Burroughs Creek splash pad was open for the waters. We went ahead and winterized it. We were getting down near freezing and uh, thought that was a good opportunity to do that. I do not have a follow-up date, and it reminded me um, in our discussions tonight, um, I need to reach out to Pat Hennessy and see where we are with the construction to fix the ADA access to that parking lot. So the plan was after the splash pad had closed, we were going to get the construction work done on that uh, parking lot. Um, yeah. Um, Dog park people, if you have a chance, they just I just saw the pictures of the day. And so I asked one of the park staffs who's on vacation, so he hadn't seen the finished work. The drainage around your first curb when you go down there by the bench and where the water fountain is, they've redone that. And it looks really cool in the pictures. And they uh, have been doing some more on the trails. But I think they've solved the drainage down there and the uh, creek crossing. And it may actually reduce the number of dogs to get muddy on that first turn. Um, I'm excited. I just need to go out there and I want to see it in person. Um, court resurfacing. Uh, we've been busy resurfacing, um, I believe, the tennis courts and basketball courts. So Dad Perry and Lions Park are completed. Veterans Park will be completed this week. Um, with the vertical ramp for the skaters at Centennial Park, um, the concrete pad was poured today. So we're getting close. I know the group does have their parts to build the vertical ramp from Germany. So they are in Lawrence. I think that's all I have for the parks. If there's no other questions, I'll pass over to or the questions. Go ahead, 
Jackie, I'm just going to go ahead. Is that what you're wanting to do? Oh, well, yeah, because Derek started doing it. So I was like, okay, yeah, go. Roll, roll it into communications and events okay. with okay, Roger. Sorry. Um, there will be a ribbon cutting for the new section of the, the trail on Saturday, October 22nd at 10 a.m. Um, we put it at 10 a.m. because 11 a.m. may be a kickoff time for KU that weekend. They're playing out of town, but still people like to watch their Jayhawks. Um, so we want to make sure people had time to do that. What we're looking at is parking at Peterson Road Park. I need to contact the church that's over there to see if we can maybe use their stage in their parking lot. And then just have people go down to the trail. It's about uh, a quarter of a mile down where the actual underpass is under the, the, the turnpike entrance exit is. Um, so we can kind of save something right there to kind of have the ribbon cutting at the part that you're going into the bridge, uh, you know, through the tunnel or whatever they created down there. Um, and so it'll be the 22nd at 10 a.m. We haven't got that out publicly, but we will be getting that out shortly. Um, and so with the other duties uh, that are now in communications and events, we've been working with the Cultural Arts Commission. Uh, Abby's been heading up and chairing that commission, so she's the liaison for those folks. We actually had a retreat with the board uh, Sunday ago, uh, last Sunday, a week ago, last from last Sunday. So it's been about two weeks now, or it will be two weeks this coming Sunday, I should say. Anyway, it was a three-hour uh, retreat that they wanted to have, and uh, I think there was some good things fostered from it uh, that they wanted to develop. And um, so we had some, we got to know each other a little better as well. Uh, they got to know us and know what we're all about. Um, I, I actually am the liaison to the, uh, the Transient Guest Tax Grant Program Advisory Board, and we had our first meeting last week. Uh, we'll be having additional meetings uh, after we open up the, the grants on October 2020th, I believe it is. Yeah, <laughs> through November 20th, we accept the applications. We'll have a couple hybrids in between there on the 19th and the 21st informal meetings about the grant app to grant applicants about the process. And then uh, December 1st, we're gonna be meeting and December 2nd, if needed, that advisory board will then go through all the applicants and start ranking them. And then we'll meet again and decide how that money is distributed uh, or dispersed to the different uh, applicants. Um, so that's that's in its on its way starting. Uh, the sister cities that we also are liaison to uh, had a meeting uh, a couple weeks ago, actually three weeks ago, I believe it was. They have a group from Germany that we had at the commission meeting last week. They actually got stranded by plane. They had their flight canceled. But the thing with them, I found out from one of the board members, is that because it was canceled over in Europe, their airlines, you have you get reimbursed for your flight. So all the kid, all those 14 students that were flying over got reimbursed for their flights. So they actually made some, you know, they got recouped some of their costs of coming over. So that was a real cool deal for them. Um, so I, I'm, you know, we're learning and growing these different things. Uh, also coming up October 29th, we're having the Halloween paint-in. Uh, that's a project that that Dwayne had done for years. It's in conjunction with the Lawrence Optimus Clubs. We're gonna hold it on the 29th. I know that's close to Halloween, the, the few days before, but that way the, the artwork is up. Um, and from what we heard from downtown, it would it worked out better for them to have it up a short period of time rather than a longer period of time. So, so kids will still be able to decorate the windows for the holiday. And uh, so that that's fun too. We're still also gonna be we have a meeting scheduled tomorrow and I'm gonna start hammering down those events for next year and trying to get that calendar put together way, way ahead of time so we can be ahead of the curve. But I feel like we're starting to get our sea legs a little bit and starting to understand some of the new nuances to the cultural arts that we're kind of taking on and embracing uh, for the department. Um, so again, the ribbon cutting, we'll be sending out an email for you so you can make sure that you mark that on your calendars. 
And um, I'll be contacting you probably in the next by the end of the week with the doodle poll and all that stuff because I want to get back in touch with the folks that are here and make make sure I've talked to them face to face or voice to voice over the phone. And I'll turn it back to you, Kathy. Great, thanks for all that info. Uh, any questions regarding what was just talked about in terms of? Events and operations. Okay. Well, I think that moves on to the director's report. Okay, Director Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Um, one little update I have, and it ties to the uh, Water Tower Park. Uh, we're still planning on a community engagement in November uh, with the neighborhood on what amenities that they would like to see in Water Tower Park to be installed sometime in 2024. I had an individual reach out. I reached out to the, some of the city commissioners and the mayor and a bunch of different organizations about, uh, you may have heard of this uh, gentleman, Robbie Steinhardt. He is the uh, vocalist and violinist for the band Kansas. Passed away last year. He grew up in Lawrence. Uh, grew up actually, uh, I want to say his house was 1331 Strong Avenue as a kid. His dad was a... Uh, a music uh, professor up at KU. Um, and so Robbie was a big gentleman. I want to say he's like six foot, could have been a linebacker, but he ended up playing a lot of music. Um, as a child, he really liked or he utilized Water Tower Park. So he'd ride his banana seat bicycle through there. Uh, he would practice his violin in the park. He enjoyed the uh, condensation dripping off the water tower. Um, so through a lot of different um, things that are coming together, uh, this individual that is, I'm assuming, with some kind of fan support group, this gentleman's uh, in Florida, would like to donate a memorial plaque, which would, we have a policy for that, which ties to, say, an amenity in a park. So that's pretty easy. But his thought was maybe a 24 by 24 plaque with a kid on a, on a banana seat bicycle, a water tower in the background, and um, just a little bit of something, which I think the neighborhood um, wouldn't object to. But he, uh, this gentleman from Florida requested uh, to be part of the uh, community engagement when they discuss amenities in the park, and um, would like to come to an advisory board meeting. And I informed him he doesn't need to drive or fly all the way to Kansas. He can join via Zoom. Um, but he's very motivated, very excited. There's a uh, scholarship that was set up uh, in Robbie's name, I think in 2010 at the KU, and it supported 10, 10 or 20 students, I believe, in getting music degrees through Kansas University. And so he's looking at possibly some things that would be fundraisers to help out that cause at the KU. Um, so a lot of things are about as clear or as firm as mud. So you, you know, we could say things, but it may or may not happen. Um, but that's one of the good news, neat highlights. Uh, it's neat to be part of Lawrence and have the ties to the bank, Kansas, to Lawrence. And that's my update. Are there any questions? Well, I find obviously working in the music industry, I find that really exciting that we can uh, have some kind of tribute for Robbie and I won't make any carry on my wayward son jokes or anything like that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're just dust in the wind, right? So, <laughs> so but, uh, Jack, one, one last thing, too, I forgot to mention. It's not something that we're hosting or anything, but we're involved in. Uh, especially with the right-of-way street permits. The Belgian Waffle Race is this weekend, so it's going to be taking downtown uh, starting on third, third no, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and there's different stages of, that it's going to be closed on 7th, on Friday and Saturday, and then Sunday, Mass Street is closed over the bridge and through the woods to your grandmother's house uh, and back. So anyway, um, the, they're, we've been working with a group. There have been really good um, people that they know what they're doing, and it's, it's very well organized this year. 
I believe there's also concerts that they're going to have for the participants on Friday and Saturday night, I believe, um, there at the, the area on the 7th, I believe. So just wanted to pass that along. So people traveling, be ready. And just one other event, but it's it's a small event compared to the Belgian Waffle Race. But October 20th is the uh, zombie walk. And so if you've never seen a zombie walk, I suggest you go downtown, find a nice parklet, have some dinner, and, and watch the zombie walk down the sidewalk. <laughs> and that's all I have. Any other questions or comments for our director, Derek? I guess the only thing I can ask is, have you ever done the zombie walk, Derek? Have you done it? <laughs> I've never done the zombie walk. I watched the no. first one from the Merchants uh, Parklet last, last year, and I really enjoyed that. You don't have to do much for ambiance, but you sit outside, have a nice beverage of your choice and a meal, a good meal, and just watch the people having fun going down the sidewalks. Yeah. Definitely one of those very cool Lawrence things for sure. So right. any other questions or comments for the director's report? All right. Want to let everybody know our next meeting will be at 530 on Monday, November 14th. And then I also see on the calendar that there is a public art opening at the police headquarters at 545 on Friday, October 21st. I don't know if any, um, Roger, if you want to, if there's anything else we should say about that or just that basic additional more calendar info. Right. It's just the piece that John was talking about. They're Got actually it. having an opening ceremony for it. So cool. All right. Well, then I'm just looking for a motion to adjourn. Amber Nickel, board member, I'll make a motion to adjourn. And Phillips, board member, I'll second it. We have Amber with a first and Pat with a second. All those in favor of adjourning, raise your hands. All right, looks unanimous. Our meeting is adjourned uh, with it not being too long. So everyone can go and do that other thing that's happening. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Have a great week. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Everyone. Bye.